Okay, so I was reading this Ramban this week on toward the end of Parshas Veshanan, and I thought it was interesting. So I thought maybe it would be a good discussion to uh, try to uh, discuss the uh, topic of the Ramban. So he talks about this concept of Asisa Yashar Vatov, Hashem. He said we should do what's Yashar and Tov in the eyes of Hashem. So I guess what he's responding to is a little bit of a question that the Pasuk before said, Shamar Tishmarun as mitzvos Hashem Elokeichem. Follow the mitzvos and follow the edosav and the chukav Hashem Tzivach. So follow, do all the mitzvos and then Vasisa Yashar Vatov. So what is that? Is that the mitzvos? Is that something else? Like, what would that be? So I guess that's really what he's uh, responding to. And he quotes, he said, this is not my question, but he refers to the Rabosenu, which I think is actually referring to the Gemara. That the Gemara says that this refers to the concept of Apshara, the concept of Lifnimr Sadin. And he explains, like, what's this all about? Like, you have the mitzvos, and then you have this Lifnimr Sadin. And the way he explains it, is he says kavana bezeh. He says mitzchila amar shetishmar chukos of edos of asher tzivach. He says first the Torah teaches us that we should follow the mitzvos. These are that which Hashem commanded us. And ba'ata yomar now he's saying gam ba'asher lo tzivcha even things that you're not commanded to do. Tain da'itcha you should focus on the fact that lasus atova yasher be'enov kihu oev atova yasher. Try to do that which would be Tovin Yashar in Hashem's eyes. So I guess it's telling us that we have an opportunity to not only serve Hashem through the mitzvos that Hashem is giving us directly, but we also have other opportunities and responsibilities to uh, do things other than just the mitzvos. Figure out what Hashem wants from us. Other than that which Hashem directly told us, and we're responsible to um, make sure to do other things other than that which Hashem does for us. And what are those other things? That which is in the category of Tov and Yashar. So Hashem is telling us this is uh, sort of responsibility number 614. Right? I don't know if it's its own mitzvah or not. Maybe it's one of the 613. But it's a responsibility to do that which is Tov and Yashar. Then he tells us, he says, this is an Indian Gadol, because he says, He says, let's say the Torah wanted to teach us about all of our responsibilities that we should have and how we should treat all of our neighbors and, and friends. He says that if Hashem would want to do that, he would want to teach us how we should... Um, interact with our neighbors and friends in every manner. The kol maso, matano, and all of our business dealings that we have with our friends. Betikune ayishov, and all the ways that we set up our communities and that we interact with the structures of our lives. Medinos kulam, and all of the bigger uh, scale things, all the, the way we set up the country. He says, it's impossible for Hashem to list all of these responsibilities in the Torah. It's just too hard. It's too impossible to um, 
list all of those different opportunities that we have to serve Hashem. And therefore, so what does Hashem do? Like Hashem feels like it's good and proper and helpful for us to be interacting with our friends and neighbors in very specific ways. But there would be like thousands of volumes, you know, that needed to be written in order for Hashem to do that. Um, welcome, Moshe. Thank you for joining us. And welcome. Is that Isaac? Welcome to you. How you doing, Rabbi? Doing well. Thank God. Good to, good to hear your voice. Likewise. Okay. Thank you so much. And welcome, Avi. So we're going through this uh, Ramban who talks about the concept of Asisa Vayashar Tov. And the way he explains it, which is a pasuk toward the end of um, Parshas Veschanan, the way he explains it is he says that really there are many, many, many different opportunities to do that which is right and appropriate in life. And there's an opportunity every time that we interact with someone, anytime that we interact, whether it's with our neighbors, our friends, how we do our business, how we set up our communities, how we set up our um, businesses, our countries, pretty much like wherever we turn, there are opportunities to um, interact with other people. And there's really a right way that we should be interacting with them. And there's a wrong way that we should, that we should avoid interacting with them. And every time that we interact with them in the right way, you know, we're really doing the right thing. When we're not, we're not doing the right thing. But Hashem gave us a Torah that gives us a lot of guidance in general for how to act and for what to do. And if we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing, we can look in the Torah and see, hey, what, is, what does Hashem want from me? Does he want me to eat matzah on Pesach? And it says in the Torah that he does. And if we want to figure out how much matzah to eat, so we could... We have a system of halacha to, to discover such things. But you have this whole other shulchan aruch out there that I guess we're familiar with the concept that this that the Ramban is talking about. There's a whole other shulchan aruch out there of, you know, really how to interact with other people. And these are really expectations, responsibilities, opportunities, probably all of the above. But... How are we supposed to figure out what that Shulchan Aruch says? You can't have 50 volumes of a Shulchan Aruch about it. It sounds like, you know, maybe it's, even that wouldn't be enough, right? It's too subjective. It's too specific to the given situation. And it's impossible for Hashem to teach us about our expectations in that kind of manner, where he would make a Shulchan Aruch. He would write, you know, Sefer, uh, you know, the sixth book of Moses. You know, there's no way to write a sixth book of Moses to keep all those uh, areas of the Shulchan Aruch. So what do we do? So he says, He says the trick to really be able to really discover what the Shulchan Aruch is, is to look into the five books of Moses. Really to look into the Torah and to see the mitzvot that Hashem did give to us and he gives a few examples. Let's skip them for a second. And he says, you should look into these mitzvot and then chazer lomer b'derech klal 
He says, from studying the mitzvos that Hashem did give us, we're supposed to have a good understanding of what the Ratzon Hashem is. And through the process of analyzing, you know, the Torah and getting a good understanding of what Hashem's teaching us through the mitzvos that he gave us, we're supposed to get a window into God's mind, so to speak, in order to figure out what the rest of the expect expectations are supposed to be. That, you know, those aren't the words of the Ramban, but it sounds like he's telling us that if we study the mitzvahs properly, we'll get a good sense and an understanding of what Hashem wants from us. And they're all going to be in the general, able to be described by the general description of Yashar and Tov. Now, it sounds like if you have Yashar and Tov without looking at the mitzvahs, then we wouldn't really have enough information to figure out what is actually called Yashar Tov. But now that you have a combination of a description of Yashar and Tov, together with some examples that we're able to use in order to be able to discover more directly what Yashar and Tov are, so now we could get an understanding of what Hashem wants. So I thought a number of things are interesting, but first maybe let's look at the examples that he chooses and to try to see like, what is it that we're supposed to learn from those examples? How does that define the basic structure of Yashar and Tov that the Torah is teaching us? So he gives us five examples. One of them is Lo Selech Rachel, right? Don't speak Rechilos. Then he says, Lo Sikom Velositar, don't take revenge, don't bear a grudge. Uh, third thing is Lo Samar Adam Reecha, don't stand by while someone else is getting hurt. If we could do something about it, don't uh, curse out someone who's a cheresh. And we should stand up for uh, an elderly person. And he says, these are examples, but the Torah really gives us more examples. We should study, in general, you know, the halachas uh, of the Torah. It sounds like he's focused on the Ben Adam Lechavero aspect of the Torah. And from understanding the mitzvos, we could get a good sense of what Hashem is teaching us about how we should um, go about living our lives and go through the um, every interaction that we have in our life based on the guidance and expectations and the responsibilities um, and the opportunities that the Torah is giving us. So that's the basic Ramban. So I thought that there are just a lot of different um, interesting um, maybe lessons, you know, that we can, you know, focus on and try to apply to ourselves based on the words of the Ramban. So one is before getting complicated at all, you know, just one of the things that he's teaching us is that throughout our lives, every single interaction that we have with another person is an opportunity to grow as, as an Eved Hashem. It's an opportunity to uh, have a successful um in a moment where we're doing the right thing and we're fulfilling our purpose in this world. So, you know, there are probably many times in our lives where we think about our day ahead of us and we're thinking, where are my opportunities for success as a mensch, as a human being, as an Eved Hashem, you know, to fulfill my purpose in life, to find meaning and significance and opportunity in my life. 
And the Ramban is telling us pretty much like wherever you turn, like you're going to be interacting with people. And every single interaction really has within it an opportunity to fulfill our life, our life's purpose. And, you know, obviously that could be overwhelming at times, but if it's used as an opportunity to try to do our best, it can really be something that gives us a significant focus on what Hashem wants from us. You know, how many times do we sometimes, you know, ask ourselves, you know, where do I find meaning and purpose in uh, my day ahead of me? Or where do I find meaning and purpose, you know, in uh, my accomplishments over the past year or so? And I guess, you know, based on the Ramban's perspective, I don't think it's such a big hit. It's just maybe a good thing to remind ourselves of is that he's really telling us, I don't know if it's the same, more or less or similar, you know, the fact that the same way if we're accomplishing by doing all kinds of other special mitzvahs in the Torah, if we're uh, fulfilling our responsibilities of trying to interact with others around us in the way that Hashem wants us to, then there's so many moments of opportunity within our lives to deal with our friends and neighbors in a, in a way that Hashem, uh, you know, expects us to and wants us to and holds us responsible to. So that was one just basic to her that I think is, uh, can be inspiring. It could be um, uplifting. It can maybe be overwhelming, but hopefully at the same time, it could also be encouraging for us to uh, do our best in the way that we interact with others throughout our day, no matter what we're doing with our lives. So that sounds pretty straightforward, I think. Feel free to um, share any uh, thoughts you know, about it. But a second thing that also I thought was helpful is really the recognition that he's telling us that you know, when we look into the mitzvahs of the Torah, we're not just thinking about the do's and don'ts. We're getting a little window into really understanding the nature of what Hashem wants from us. So like when we're thinking about losikam velositar, you know, we can, the Ramban is telling us that this is a window into understanding, you know, what our general responsibilities are. What does Hashem really want from us? Is it just that he doesn't want us to hurt our friends when they've hurt us? Or is it giving us an insight into an overall sense of our purpose and what we're trying to accomplish here in this world? So what the lessons are from Losikam Lositar or any of these other specific mitzvos or the mitzvos in general are probably good things to stop and appreciate. You know, there's one thing to appreciate it because if we feel like we're doing something important, it's helpful. So that's certainly one of the reasons to learn about the uh, nature of the mitzvot. But it's also a window into really having a proper understanding of like, what is it that Hashem wants from us? What does he want us to be doing? And the Ramban is telling us the greatest resource for really understanding the nature of what Hashem wants us to do is really by looking and understanding, well, what did he tell me to do? And why did he tell me to do these things? And what is it about these things that can really reflect on Hashem's overall purpose for me in this world? And how do I then take those lessons and then apply it both to when I'm doing those actual mitzvos, now I have, I'm doing the mitzvos with a greater understanding of what their purpose is, and also 
it helps me to be able to apply it appropriately to scenarios that are not so easily defined, you know, by the direct Torah law. So I thought that that was like really interesting to me is to really be able to use the mitzvahs as a resource into understanding and, you know, to understanding Hashem, to understanding the mitzvahs, to understanding our purpose and to really use it as a resource of like a much deeper kind of understanding of what the Torah is all about and what Hashem is all about and what the mitzvahs are all about. So to me that it sounded like maybe it'd be a good exercise to maybe think about, you know, what is it that the Ramban finds in some of these particular mitzvahs that, you know, he doesn't tell us. It's a little bit of, uh, we would be doing a little bit of a theorizing uh, exercise, but I imagine if he gives these examples and he doesn't really explain them, he feels like they're somewhat self-explanatory to a certain extent to be able to use them in order to discover you know, what are some of the messages that the Torah is teaching us through these mitzvahs as far as being able to understand what Hashem wants from us in general? So I did a little bit of the theorizing on my own. It's not obviously clear from the Ramban himself. But I think when you put together a lot of these mitzvahs, you get somewhat of a sense of an unconditional responsibility and opportunity for kindness and compassion to others. And to get a sense that regardless of whatever else is going on, we're supposed to be doing our best to have unconditional compassion and kindness toward others. And these mitzvahs, each one has its own particular message to it that might be something that you can, without the Torah teaching it to us, we might be limited in our understanding of how far the um, opportunity or the responsibility for kindness and compassion goes. So again, this is my theory. It's not clear in the Ramban, but if you think about, let's say, the uh, concept of losikam lositar, so I guess that's maybe in a way the easiest to recognize that if the Torah never told us that you're not allowed to take revenge against someone who's hurt us, so I would imagine that. Um, some of us and some people throughout, you know, the generations would feel like it's a nice ideal, it's a nice value, and probably it's um, not really an expected expectation that we should have of ourselves. That, you know, why should I be nice to him if he wasn't nice to me? Certainly, why shouldn't I bear a grudge against someone who has hurt me, especially if it's... Uh, in a malicious kind of manner. And like, why should I have an expectation to really work on trying to remove those negative feelings, you know, from my heart? Now, certainly even after the Torah is given, it's, uh, the Basil Sasharm says it's difficult. It's a difficult job to do. And it's, as long as we're human beings and not malachim, it's gonna be a really very, it's gonna be a very tough challenge to remove, you know, that, that grudge from our hearts. But even for it to be an expectation, to be working toward that goal is something that outside of the Torah um, perspective, it's not really embraced so much. You know, everyone says the words, you know, don't, yeah, two wrongs don't make a right. But 
probably 98% of the world really feels like two wrongs do make a right, you know, when it's, uh, you know, when it's more than just someone stepped on my toe. You know, if someone really hurt me, like, why should I care about them? Why should I try to remove the grudge from my heart? Why shouldn't I do to him, you know, what he's done to me? So it seems like from those halachas, it seems pretty clear that there's no condition to being nice to others. That if so, just because someone hurt me, doesn't mean I shouldn't be nice to them. Doesn't mean I shouldn't have compassion for them. Doesn't mean I shouldn't love them. Within reason, obviously we can't do it right away. That's not reasonable, but it's a goal to work on, to work towards to work towards the goal of unconditional love, regardless of whether someone did something against me. It seems like, you know, the concept of maybe highlights the concept that this is not about me bearing a grudge against someone or me hurting someone. Am I responsible to get involved in helping someone when it has nothing to do with me? Like, what does that have to do with me? Like, he needs help. Like, he's... Uh, you know, he's being hurt, maybe even by his own actions or by someone else's actions. Like, why is that my problem? So thankfully, it's not necessarily how we feel usually, but I imagine that we all have some perspective of it where we can draw a line that might not be exactly in line with the Torah's line, where this is not my problem. You know, I'm not bearing a grudge against him. I'm certainly not hurting him. So why do I have to get involved in someone else's problem? Like, let him deal with it. And the Torah teaches us, no, you have to have unconditional commitment to help others, regardless of whether or not, um, there's no such thing as something that's not your problem, if you're capable and it's the right situation where you should be helping them. He quotes, you know, don't curse out a cheresh, someone who's like deaf. The Rambam, the Sefer Achinach quotes the Rambam, who says that means even if, it's impossible for this person to be hurt by my words. Like there is no reasonable expectation that a cherish will ever be able to um, hear about and be hurt in any real way by my, you know, cursing him. And even so, he explains that Hashem's expectation for me is to not have such an attitude toward others and to not have such behaviors you know, that indicates negative feelings toward others. So Losakal Kharish is telling us the condition of compassion toward others is not limited to scenario where someone's affected by, by my actions. Even if they're not affected by my actions at all, the Torah is teaching us it's not Yashar Vatov to be doing such a thing. Then the Torah teaches us um, like Loselech Rachel, which like we know that rechilas, maybe even more than Lashon Hara, is something where I'm not even hurting someone necessarily by saying anything negative against them, right? It's often like an indirect kind of damage that I said something to A and he got upset at B because of it, even if it wasn't uh, so negative. I told him that his buddy is, uh, you know, is a Yankee fan or he has a certain political opinion, which is not necessarily objectively uh, wrong. And this guy doesn't like Yankee fans. So I'm indirectly causing some sort of damage to someone, you know, without even saying something that's negative at all. Like, it's his problem if he gets upset. Like, why is that my problem? So I don't know if these are the specific things that are highlighted. 
Mepnei Seva Tokum maybe is something that's describing, it's not only not hurting someone or helping someone out, like it's different in a way even than Tzedakah. Like the mitzvah of Tzedakah is like helping someone who's in need and addressing some sort of need that someone has. Mepnei Seva Tokum is really showing someone respect in a positive manner, in a manner that they're not, I'm not specifically responding to any direct need of theirs. But there's a concept of showing uh, respect to others, you know, even without it being a direct kind of need that they're that I'm responding to. Like he's an older man, and I'm showing him some respect just because that's the right, that's the Tovin Yasher thing to do. So I don't know if these are the exact example um, things that he's bringing out, but I think it's, I don't know. Tell me what you think. Like, what's unique about these kinds of scenarios? that these specific kind of mitzvos. So I don't know if these are the specific things, but in a way, when you look at the mitzvos of the Torah, like he's telling us that there's there's treasures within the mitzvos as far as understanding the Ratzon Hashem, understanding what the concepts are for what Hashem wants from us. And when we have that kind of approach toward understanding the mitzvos, then we'll really understand Hashem better. We'll understand what Hashem wants from us better. And not only, like the Ramban says, we'll be able to apply it more appropriately, but I think we'll also just have a better understanding of what our mission is, what our purpose is, and like what we're supposed to be doing here. Like if we walk away from understanding the mitzvahs with a sense of an unconditional goal, or at least a goal of unconditional respect for others. Like regardless of whether they hurt us, regardless of whether or not we're hurting them, we're just helping them in their own business, you know, regardless of whether or not it's, you know, totally indirect. And even if we're not even hurting them in any kind of way, we're not helping or hurting them, but it's in our own like words that we're saying to ourselves that no one will ever hear about someone else. We're mumbling it to ourselves, you know, but we're mumbling something negative about someone that no one's going to ever hear about. So the Torah is, I think the Ramban is telling us, when we study the Torah, we'll get a good sense of what is Hashem really teaching us? What does Hashem really want from us? And we'll be able to apply it appropriately, and we'll also be able to have a better understanding of what the nature of the mitzvahs really are, that, you know, even the mitzvahs that we are doing. So those are my thoughts. Uh, Please feel free to... um, Share any thoughts, feedbacks, anything that you think might you might be looking at it differently than the way that, like I'm seeing it. Free, feel free to share. Avram, what do you say? Very interesting. I really uh, enjoyed that. Thanks, uh, Rabbi. Thank um, you. A few thoughts I had is that um, just the, technically, it seems a little different. Then the other concept is brought in um, in the Mesil Sisharim by uh, Hasidus about going the extra mile past what your uh, what your what your mitzvahs are, and it seems that I've heard that that's a little controversial. Not everybody agrees with that Mesil Sisharim because of the danger of being massive uh, onto the Torah. But this is a little different because I think what I remember over there is it's talking about adding on things in terms of their um, 
their their uh, uh, magnitude. And what what you're talking about is like different things entirely that that the Torah cannot you know spell out for each individual according to their own life and situation and interactions over a course of lifetimes of many many individuals so that's like an interesting part of that topic and also that um, it mentions a lot of things that are because that seems to be in our I guess potential to figure out what's really going on behind those mitzvos as opposed to the mitzvos that are we really don't unless it says it somewhere very descriptively, we have no clue what it does for Hashem, so to speak, other than the glimpses we get in through the Sefer Achinuch and other kind of messages. But overall, we really have no, no idea how to apply them to other situations or else we would go say, okay, now we got to go save uh, the flies in, in Uganda because uh, the Torah says that we should be worried about animals and, and stuff like that. We really mm-hmm. don't know what all those things mean. So, Beinal Machavero seems like something where we could get the message of a underlining, uh, underlying, you know, thread going through all the mitzvos, where we're supposed to be vigilant and sensitive and and realize that uh, humans are humans and we should do as much as we can as uh, as the nation that we are, you know? Um, so it's interesting. And another thing is technical, I guess. The the mitzvah of Mipnei Seva Takam, I don't know if I thought before this night that that was considered being Adam is that Is that obvious? Is that, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not sure. The Sefer Chinuch says that it really reflects on a certain um, one of the, at least the Shoresh has something to do with um, the respect for the Chachma that the person has but that the person has developed like over time. But I'm not sure. I don't know if that's the only dimension to it. I don't know if everyone, I don't know if the Ramban would say it the same kind of way. That's, um, but I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, it does sound like that. he's describing it. I don't know. I don't know if it's clear from the Ramban either that it's been on the Machavero. It's, uh, I'm not sure about that. But overall, I guess what you're bringing up is, you know, like when he, like what, I think it's good to see. He brings actually two cases that would be like one of the cases he brings is he says, that there's a Gemara in Yuma that says we should be Tiburo Benachas in Mavrios. He says that's called Tam Yasher. That's the right thing to do. Like to speak with respect and to interact and communicate with everyone with dignity and respect. So he's saying like the Torah doesn't say that. So like where do we get that from? So he says that that's really Everything has to go through the test. Do we think that that's what Hashem is referring to by Tam Yasher? Is this Tovi Yasher? And if it is, then Hashem is telling us to do it. So based on our understanding of Hashem and our understanding of the mitzvos, we would ask ourselves, is this what Hashem would define as Tovi Yasher? And apparently we're supposed to come to that conclusion based on our understanding of the mitzvos, that, that 
we should uh, be doing this. That's like that everyone we meet up with, we should be uh, treating them with respect and dignity. So I guess that would be the kind of example that he's saying would be included included in this. His other example is the concept of Barmetra, where if I want to buy a house and I have five similar houses that I could buy, and it doesn't really matter to me that much. But there's someone who uh, wants to also buy the same house, and he has a specific benefit to it. He is the neighbor. So he has a benefit that he can get from it, and I don't really have that benefit. So if you think about it, well, legally, like, why should he have a right to it? Like, it's a nice thing to do, but would there be any responsibility for me to let him buy it? So he says that that's really where the Gemara refers to is Vasisei Asheratov. That if we put it through the uh, test, the Yashar Batov test. Do we think that this is something Hashem would consider to be the right thing to do? Would it be considered to be the Yashras, the uh, true, proper thing to do? So based on our understanding of the mitzvahs of the Torah and our understanding of Hashem and our purpose in this world, it would seem like that that fits with Yashar and Tov, and that's how the Gemara knows that this is uh, really the reality. I would imagine that half of Perkei Avos, at least, is really based on the same concepts. You know, a lot of them, a lot of those concepts of the right way to act, you know, aren't directly learned from the Torah, you know, from any specific mitzvah. But it's all a reflection of this system that the Ramban is presenting, that if you, if we understand the proper, if we understand the mitzvahs properly, so we're not the Tanoim, and we can't uh, be the ones who are, um, you know, applying it the same way the Tanoim are doing, but the Tanoim are telling us, you know, this is the right application of our understanding of what's right and wrong based on our understanding of the Torah and what's been passed down, you know, from uh, Har Sinai. So those are all like reflections of what's Tam and Yashar. And these are responsibilities. I'm not sure what category you would put it in. Like, is it the same level of Chiyav as a Daraisa? I don't really know. Is it as enforceable as a Daraisa? Like, I don't know if it's clear from uh, the Ramban exactly how, you know, what the level is. But it's why do you that, think they yeah. didn't mention Vahavta Larecha Kamocha in this context? Like, it seems like six shulchan, the fifth Shulchan Aruch is supposed to just be under the, the Pasuk of Vahavta Larecha Kamocha. Yes, I'm not really sure. I, I was wondering that, but I don't know. This The Chavetz Chaim in the Sefer Avas Chesed, I believe he says all Ben Adam Lechavero is really included in Bahav Tzolorecha But I'm not sure if the Torah didn't give us these specific kinds of examples, if we would have known how to apply that so appropriately. Like, would we have said Bahav Tzolorecha applies even when someone hurt us? So it could be we would have said it, but maybe it's, it's more clear. We're supposed to use, you know, the mitzvot that are more specific, are easier. Um, tools for us to figure out the Ratz Hashem than just the more general but certainly uh, you know once we have these mitzvahs they're all included in we know that the extent of what that teaches us is so significant I mean another Dehara that I think is relevant to this is you know when we're learning a lot of let's say the mitzvahs of Ben Adamu from Gemaras you know the mitzvahs are not only in the uh, 
You know, but when you're learning the mitzvahs, if we're learning the concept of when someone's miyayish on an aveda, that has no seven. But the guy picked it up before before the yish. So according to uh, the halacha, or mechayev to really hold on to it forever, even though there's practically a 99% chance that we'll never be able to figure out who the owner is. So why am I holding it? Like, why can't I keep it? And the answer is because it's not mine. And if it's not mine and the Torah didn't give me the right to keep it, I'm not allowed to keep it if it's not mine. You know, to give us, sometimes, you know, even when we learn so many of the halachos in the Torah, the Ramban is saying, look into the halachos in order to understand the Das Hashem, in order to really get a good sense of, you know, what the Ratzon Hashem is. And to be able to both understand and apply the Ratzon Hashem appropriately, like to me, that gives like it, it strikes me in a way where it's such a clear indication of what MS is and what integrity means. That and what it means to be able to value someone else's possession. Where the halacha is teaching us, you know, these values in a way that's almost unimaginable. You know, that Hashem is teaching us about these kinds of opportunities and expectations that we should have when dealing with other people's property. You know, it's hard to live up to that. But it at least gives us a window into what we're shooting for and what the nature of the mitzvahs are. You know, by learning, not every Gemara is as open as that kind of Gemara as far as teaching us about what's the true Ratzon Hashem, you know, that he wants us to learn about through the mitzvahs. But I feel like there are a lot of them like that where we can really get a good sense if we're in tune to it to be able to develop a good, keen sense of understanding what the Ratzon Hashem is from the mitzvahs themselves. So certainly, you know, many or most of us probably do, uh, you know, struggle with one of the biggest challenges when doing the mitzvahs is the basic mitzvah where we're just going through them and just doing them and not necessarily um, thinking too much about what the nature of the mitzvahs themselves are. It's certainly one of the biggest challenges that many people have. And probably most of us don't have that. If we don't stop and really think about it, it's hard to have this kind of antenna that the Ramban is telling us to have, to try to get a sense of, you know, what do these mitzvahs really tell us about what Hashem wants? And, but the more that we can be in tune to it, I feel like it makes our mitzvahs experience, you know, much more fulfilling and much richer. And we'll also find so many more opportunities where we'll really get a true sense of, let's say the first examples that Ramban is speaking about is every time we interact with someone in business, you know, throughout our days, we're always interacting with people. And that recognition of, you know what, like it feels really good to do the right thing. It feels really good to be involved in doing that which I was created for. It feels really good to be doing exactly what Hashem loves and appreciates. It feels really good to be nice to people. It's such a valuable thing to do. And throughout my day, if I had, you know, an hour conversation with someone, I was able to really interact with them in a way that made them feel understood and made them feel cared for. I may have had to tell them no about what they were asking me to do, but at the same time, you know, they understood where I was coming from. They weren't just like another click on the end of the phone. So the more we can 
appreciate that and then go to sleep at night knowing I had an amazing day. I may have learned for 45 minutes today and I didn't really have a chance to dive in the way that I may have wanted to, but you know what? I spent my whole day doing lots of amazing things. So, and, you know, these kinds of like being able to cherish and value the daily interactions that Ramban is telling us. Just one last thing I wanted to share. It happened to be, you know, along the same lines. I noticed in one of the kinos on Tishabov, when it was talking about the great schusim that the Avos had, it said one thing that uh, really touched many of our hearts, that it talked about the daily grind that Yaakov Rubino had. By him, who was talking about the daily grinds of his, uh, you know, raising his kids. Like it talked about, I forgot which one, either by Avram or Yitzhak, it talked about the Akedah. And then by Yaakov, it talked about child raising. So like, I think it gives a certain context to when we're serving Hashem, you know, and what's valued and cherished when we do our job right. You know, not everything has to look like the Akedah. Like if we try to deal with our daily grind in the way that Hashem wants us to, and we try to do it right, not that any of us are going to do it the way Yaakov did. But um, at the same time, you know, when we're, going through our daily activities, there could be such value and such significance in what could otherwise be looked at as mundane activities. If they're done with the right kind of perspective, they could be so rich and so rewarding. So uh, I don't know. I just happened to notice it. I didn't look into it. It could be I misread it, but I think that's what it said. So um, I just figured that it related very much to what the Ramban is uh, alluding to, our opportunities within our daily lives to really lead a life of fulfillment and of really having a lot of spiritual success within within the basic daily grind of our lives. All right, speaking of the daily grind, um, thank you for uh, joining us and um, I really appreciate um, spending your time together with me. Okay, have a great day, everybody. Thank you so, so much. Thanks. Okay, be well. Take care. Bye. Rabbi, thank you.